Hi there, Ben Mitchell here, bringing you another set of Squiggly Podcast Minnesotes. This time around, we're at the first edition of the Cardiff Animation Festival, and a fantastic time it was indeed. Crammed full of some amazing special events, parties, networking opportunities, and presentations. We'll be going through some highlights in our next edition of the regular Squiggly Animation podcast. But in the meantime, I was privileged enough to speak with some of the attending talents whose work was playing as part of the official selection for the festival's Filmmaker Brunch Sessions, the first of which we'll be hearing presently. This panel included Phil Brooks, a fantastic composer, discussing his work on Animant Zaris's new film Enough, a personal highlight of the festival for me. Also, we have Rose Matter, a brilliant stop-mo designer and animator, on her involvement in Joseph Wallace's Sparks music video, Edith P.F. Said It Better Than Me. Miles McLeod of the Brothers McLeod will be discussing their new and long-anticipated animated travel doc, Martha. And Oscar Brainy on his Cartoon Network-inspired trip of a film, Thirsty, produced at the Leeds College of Art. And Christina S. Nerland, whose film Leave a Print was made at the MA Character Animation Course at Central St. Martins. Now I've introduced them all, let's hand it over to them so they can introduce themselves better. Hmm. I'm really glad to be able to meet some of the filmmakers who were in competition, people who have directed or worked on the films. It would be great to go down the line. If you could introduce yourself, tell us what film you were involved in and what your role was on it and what the film's about. If we start with you, Phil. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, I'll try and speak up because I have a tendency to mumble. I'm a bit of a mumbler. But yeah, I'm Phil Brooks. I only live around the corner, which is quite easy for me. But uh, I worked on Enough, which is a short film. Uh, it's in uh, short two bracket. I think that's playing today. But I'm a composer, a musician, basically. So... Um, yeah, so that's what I do, and I'm Phil Brooks. It's Phil Brooks. <laughs> um, hello, I'm uh, Rose, Rose Mutar. Um, I worked on the music video Edit Piaf Said It Better Than Me, uh, which is in Shorts 5 mixtape, I think. And I was working on it as a puppet maker and animator and sort of involved through the process. It, it was directed by Joseph Wallace. Hello, uh, I'm Miles McLeod of the Brothers McLeod. I uh, am the co-director of Marfa, which is in Shorts 1. I also wrote a poem for that as well, which was read by uh, someone with a much nicer voice than me, a uh, very kind of nice, uh, kind of uh, deep South American voice. Here we go. I'm Oscar Barony. Uh, I directed, animated a short called Thirsty. I think it's in Shorts 2. It was my grad film from Leeds College of Art. Shout out. Hi, I'm Christina Nerland. I um, animated the short film Leave a Print, which is in the family program tomorrow. And it was my graduation film from my MA at Central St. Martins in London. So if we start with Phil, so you're a composer. Do you primarily work with animation productions? Yeah, definitely. Um, Everything I've done bar one... Uh, project has been animation based so uh, yeah I love animation and it, it, it really um, helps me lend myself to a project a lot more it seems like animation um, I don't know kind of opens the door for me to be uh, really creative with my music so yeah I, I primarily work with animation yeah and you've worked with this director before Correct. yeah yeah quite a few times actually um, I worked on the first time I worked with Anna Mansaris uh, was on But Milk is Important, uh, 
so that was um, stop time animation as most of her stuff is and um, yeah that was that was a really awesome experience yeah so this is quite a different film um, to that film like there's a much more of a kind of montage quality to it uh, yeah. was it a different process in terms of coming up with music that was an absolute fit for yeah on? yeah definitely because uh, it was a lot shorter as well um, but Milk is Important was about 10 minutes, so I did a lot of scoring for that, like background mood stuff and, um, you know, soundscape, as well as, uh, you know, um, straightforward uh, scoring and um, that sort of thing. But for this one, it was mainly based around one piece of music. So, yeah, that was a lot different. I had to kind of fit something that kind of, kind of fit the pace and also kind of sat in the background and gave it a nice bed as well. So, yeah, it was, it was slightly different this time, but just as enjoyable yeah mm. excellent uh you're going to be working with anna again yeah as a matter of fact uh, i'm working on the next film so um yeah i don't know how much i can really talk about it but um yeah it's that that looks like it's going to be great as well it's more of a um this is a lot darker i think it's like sort of horror suspense based stuff so i'm really looking forward to making some music for that i think people who've seen enough and also but milk is important you could sort of tell she has that in her yeah but there's a bit of a dark streak in yeah, her work so definitely. I imagine it'd be quite fun to yeah you know. I've been waiting for more of it to come out so I could put more yeah. you know crazy dark music on it because I'm a bit weird like that <laughs> yeah cool so Rose so you were one of the main animators on the music video and Joseph Wallace is the director yeah. um, can you tell us a bit about how you and Joseph started working together um, yeah, I mean, I I known him for a while, and um, I think he'd been uh, he was just coming back to Bristol and and got in touch, and then he actually um, yeah got in touch me with me um, straight away when he got this music video uh, because he was looking for someone to get involved with puppet making in the first place. So I started out helping with the puppets, but then it became quite apparent that uh, uh, we didn't have a very long time to make the music video and we had a lot to animate so um, yeah so I stayed on to animate on it as well. Were there sort of any areas in particular of the video that you worked on more or were you just kind of generally? Yeah I've been involved with mostly uh, the whole process I mean I made but I did end up uh, animating quite a lot of the shots from the bird because um, when I made the puppets and I made the birds and I've made some other films with birds um, so it was uh, yeah we kind of figured out I think along the way which which sort of shots um, uh, suited who better and uh, as much as we were able to uh, um, yeah. yeah yeah you did have an, an earlier film that was quite bird-centric, as yes. I recall. <laughs> you find that like, <laughs> animating animals is something you're quite keen on? Or? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I actually figured out that I'm actually making some cows at the moment for a new animation, but <laughs> um, also some humans. So I actually figured out that I've ended up making more animals. I think it's... I mean, I'd, I'd like to animate both, but I think it's... Yeah, it's interesting to uh, to have a chance to sort of figure out how different creatures move and... Yeah. Yeah. So the music video was for the band Sparks, who've been around forever. Did they have any kind of creative input as far as what happens in the video? Or any sort of thoughts on it as it was coming together? I think they were quite on board straight away with Joseph's ideas. Because he, um, he, sent the, um, uh, he came up with the ideas and sent it through. And I think, actually for this one, I think they were quite happy for us to, to go ahead with it. Only they wanted to, they wanted to see the puppets 
before we started because it, I think it'd been in the past that because we made two puppets that were basically Ron and Russell from Sparks mm. and I think it'd been in the past that they'd been portrayed kind of in ways they didn't like but for this one these ones they were really happy with it so uh, okay. I think they yeah they basically um, just really liked the idea and let us go ahead with it. Yeah. Were there any sort of things you learned from working on this project that you'd apply to your own work in future? Mm, yeah, definitely, I think. Um, it was really interesting to work with Joseph and um, it kind of works really well with very simple materials and but making a lot out of it and also maybe sometimes it feels like just building sort of things up in front of the camera rather than maybe building a complete set, just sort of piecing it together in, in camera and really making things work with lighting. Um, and I think that was a really good opportunity to really have a good practice with that and it's definitely something... Um, to keep in mind when, when I'm maybe sometimes overthinking things for my own work and getting really into the details, which you don't always see at all when once you get stuff on the camera. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Miles, so Martha, I've been following its progress for a while. Yeah. Uh, it has quite an interesting story behind it. Maybe you could uh, tell us a bit about the origins of the film and why you decided okay. to make it. It's actually a film festival that took uh, Greg there, my brother. Uh, I didn't go because I was uh, about to become a father. Uh, so it was about, for those people who are here, you can see it was about four years ago. We took our film 365 there, and Greg found about this festival in Texas, which is this tiny festival in this small town of about 1,500 people. But it takes like a nine-hour nine car journey to get there from Austin in Texas. So, um, but when Greg got there, we, we thought we hadn't done an animated documentary before. We'd done other kinds of animation. So, uh, Greg just kind of got there and recorded bits of interviews with people and bits of music that he heard at the festival and just kind of collected images and photos and videos on his phone and just brought that back as raw material. Hmm. And then we had to work out how to make a film out of that, which was a new experience for us. Yeah. Uh, and was it partially crowdfunded to yeah it was actually yeah we we um we we decided that uh, we hadn't tried that out before so we um we uh, put together a little uh, kickstarter campaign and uh did a little video uh of two kind of versions of us arguing <laughs> about the fact one of us was going to texas and the other one wasn't uh and that seemed to get uh uh people's attention and uh, we didn't we didn't want to raise too much we just wanted to really cover the cost of like going to texas and back and we covered yeah. the cost of actually making the film ourselves mm. so it just helped us to to get get the, the project off the ground but it, yeah it really helped and it was nice to have people behind it and uh and uh, we've just sent out all their rewards actually yeah <laughs> I remember like 365, for people who haven't seen it, it's a very kind of edit-heavy film. It's like a second a day That's of right. animation. Very loosely connected, if connected at all. It's quite abstract, but very watchable. And I did find with Martha there was a kind of similar sensibility as far as that snapshot element. Was the sort of end product of 365, did that kind of influence how you approached making Marfa? I, I think it definitely did I think uh, I mean Greg has kind of looked back on Marfa 365 and actually our earlier film Codswallop is almost like a trilogy mm -hmm. when you kind of look back at them because they are all about pieces of stories rather than a whole story and um, I think that's partly to do with just the fact we we are um, easily distracted by kind of like <laughs> novelties and and uh, and Greg loves to draw lots of characters and 
And uh, so I think they do fit together in that way, that they are all kind of vignettes, actually, of, of experiences. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe the next film we do, whatever that is, probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, Oscar? Your film was also a student film, right? Yes. Cool. And where was it produced again? Uh, Leeds College of Arts. Leeds. It's now University of the Arts Leeds, I see. I think. The um, process, I guess, of making a film like Thirsty, which is, for people who've seen it, a little off-kilter, I'd say. Yeah, um, <laughs> How was it, like, showing it to, like, professors and students along the way as it developed? Was it... Um, were they up for it? Really, yeah, definitely. Cool. I think it's... Um, I mean, it, it, it's comedic, so... It was really, I think the most rewarding thing was seeing, we hit a stage in his production where jokes started to land. Uh-huh. Um, and once it hit that, I kind of knew it was working. Right. Um, but before that, it was kind of trying to, trying to t- describe the gags to people when they were just written down or they were in like storyboard format. And sometimes they'd land, sometimes they wouldn't. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are quite visual. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. This, this may seem like a silly question. Did the idea come from anywhere, other than just, <laughs> in particular, um, any autobiographical elements? Or no, <laughs> um, it, it was it was just sort of a. I wanted to make a film, and many ideas were just kind of thrown there mm. until things started sticking, and it just kind of kept evolving until it became what it is. And yeah. then I, I think a lot of it came when it was it was just through fleshing it out. Um, yeah. So I. I wrote a very vague, this character needs to get from here to here, mm-hmm. and I want loads of stuff to happen in between, and then I just kept filling the stuff in. Right. That was pretty much it. So it was kind of like on the fly, the visual ideas? And stuff. To some degree, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Were there any sort of main influences that informed the overall style of the film? I'm a huge fan of Cartoon Network. I've been, mm-hmm. That's the, probably my main influence from like a child of all the ridiculous cartoons from the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, and, and things like, I looked at a lot of like, things like Spongebob just for like, those really over-animated gags with the weird faces and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably the most influential things for me. Um, I, I like looking, I read like quite a lot of comic books and I like looking at illustration things mm-hmm. um, and just like art in general rather than just animation for Ooh. my like visual inspiration. Do you think like in an ideal world like you'll end up in series production or... I actually have, I, I really enjoy working on different things, mm-hmm. um, so I quite, I quite like making shorts, okay. um, but if someone said we'd like you to make a show for us, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Cool, thank you. Thanks. So, Christina, uh, and your film was Leave a Print, mm-hmm. was that a student film as well? That was a student yeah. film, yeah. Very traditional in a sense, like the mm-hmm. animation has a really sort of strong sensibility to it of like very well researched, very well kind of um, visualized animal behavior and animation. So that, I was like, sort of interested in what kind of references and, um, you drew upon. You know, soundscape like. as well so as... the animals uh, in the film is Arctic foxes, which I choose because I was advised to... Everyone, every student was advised to choose uh, animals or like characters and environments from their home country. And I'm from Norway, so I choose like a Nordic animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mainly drew the inspiration from my friend's dog, who was a puppy at the time, uh-huh. and uh, had the, very uh, like, there, looked very brother. much like a fox, uh, completely white, very uh, fluffy, and had like, the right movements uh, for it. So, so it was, 
that was the main inspiration for it. And then I had to do quite a bit, get down on the floor and do quite a bit of acting myself to find the right reference uh, for it. And uh, also study a little bit of the behavior of Arctic foxes and also see their weight and how light they were and how much they could actually move and and stuff because they they turned out to be very difficult to animate to some degree because they are very strangely proportionate so I I changed them and just said that it was Arctic foxes in the end and um, made them what I needed them to be basically to be the characters that they they had to play to convey the story. So you have that main sort of visual motif. Um, for people who haven't seen it yet, I won't sort of spoil it, but they, essentially it kind of begins with one of the characters sort of realizing he's not quite there. Mm. Um, did that originate from anywhere in particular, that idea, that concept? Yeah, it originated from a personal experience because uh, only a couple of months, I believe, before I s- had to like pitch the idea for the film on my second year, uh, my grandfather died and he had had a terminal illness for four years and I got the idea in his funeral because someone said that it was like he was fading away mm-hmm. and he wasn't really gone until the very end and that was what eventually became like the, the initial initial spark that mm-hmm. that is I never seen anyone show that someone is gradually disappearing as a way of showing that they are slowly dying right okay. so now that the film is done um, do you have any sort of uh, ideal uh, next steps for what you want to do animation-wise? Uh, at the moment, I'm in a studio and like working on both advertisement, and I get to work on short films and everything. And I, I do enjoy that, but I would like to maybe make another short film uh, soon on my own. But mm-hmm. I don't really see myself that much of a director. It's mainly if I have that initial spark to to make something, then I would do it. And other than that, I'm very very happy with working on other people's projects but I am um, mm-hmm. I like it where I am now where I get to try quite a lot of different things in uh, in a studio environment mm-hmm. mm. well thank you very much mm? does anyone have any specific questions they'd like to put to the filmmakers while they're here oh <laughs> 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 Joanna Quinn is spotting me Martha tote bag you find that yeah that merchandising element sort of helps a film kind of exist out in the world I'm not sure we make a fat lot of money out of it mm. Ben but, uh, <laughs> but uh, we, it's film, fun for us much more of else, just to have a tote bag with Martha written on it actually. It. and Greg's done a beautiful uh, art book actually that go with it which we sent out to our Kickstarter supporters so the thing that's nice about it is in the end just to have something physical which you can have as well as the you know the flickering image because then you've got something that you can feel and you know it's nice to hand out badges and things yeah. So hopefully it has some kind of effect, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Excellent. Anyone else? Yep. You mentioned kickstarting your project. Um, you talked about making a video. Sense like the animation has a really sort of strong sensibility to it of like. I think yeah, in terms of getting a Kickstarter project noticed, we we just kind of like emailed all the people we knew. Um, and said, hey, can you give us some money? Stuck it on Facebook, you know, and, and all those kinds of normal, boring things that you can imagine we did. And just, you know, it, it does come down to, like, asking 
uh, friends and family and for someone friends to get of, friends involved friends with puppet making in the first like place. So I started uh, but like actually the, with the puppets. The, the, but one then... of our, our biggest contributors was someone we didn't know at the time and who just really liked our stuff. And actually now we're we're really good friends with them. So uh, you don't quite know who's going to you know contribute. So it was um, uh, we've not done it since actually. Uh, because you do feel very beholden to your supporters to create a good piece of work uh, and it did take us like four years to get ra- to, to actually finding what the work was and then doing it and a part of that was just the anxiety of like thinking oh my goodness yeah. we hope these you know 60 odd people that have contributed are going to like what we've done so you don't really you don't anticipate that beforehand but yeah. but it's a pressure actually yeah. There's that bit that's real life. Is that you and your friend? Yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, actually. Uh, it was two of my course mates. Um. I did like that bit more <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much for coming. Thanks to all the filmmakers for being here. And uh, yeah, have a fantastic day. Thanks to all the filmmakers for chatting with us and to the Cardiff Animation Festival for generally being brilliant. If you want to see more of their work, visit philbrooks.com, rosematar.com, that's R-O-O-S-M-A-T-T-A-A-R, brothersmcleod.co.uk, McLeod is spelled M-C-L-E-O-D, osbox.tv, and chrnerland.com. To keep up to date with updates on what's next for the Cardiff Animation Festival and their regular strand of free screenings, Cardiff Animation Nights, check out CardiffAnimation.com. And we are, of course, Squiggly.com. I've been Ben Mitchell and will most likely continue to be for the foreseeable future. Be sure to check back soon for the second of our Cardiff Animation Festival podcast, Minnesota's Ciao for now.